Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Erin Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And I was upstairs just before we started recording. I was saying goodnight to our baby niece. She does not understand what kisses are. No. So I asked her for kisses. She looked at a dog or something. And then I went to kiss her cheek, and she turned her head, so I kissed her mouth. <laughs> and then she slapped me. As, as you should. Just like this movie. Just like this movie. This, this is, mo- will be an ongoing plot point in this movie. This movie is all about kisses and slaps. And this movie is The Host. Yes, uh, the follow-up novel written by Stephanie Meyer. This came out, like, the same year as, as uh, Breaking Dawn. They two. really gambled, and their gamble did not pay off. Like, I mean... She thought that she was going to be doing a trilogy of host books yeah and and i guess even the i don't know if there's any further host books there is not i i don't doubt that because the issues with this film (laughs) i want to tell you what i learned about this film so this film is written and directed by andrew nicole do you know who that is aaron i do not so the, the the fact that this movie is bad is strange and it has to come from stephanie meyer who produced it because it was it was written and directed by Andrew Nicole. Some other things Andrew Nicole is uh, known for. He wrote and directed Gattaca. Oh. He wrote The Truman Show. Oh. He was one of the writers on The Terminal. So they really, like, they shot high and they thought that they had, like, landed. Now, <laughs> what I will say is that the host might be the beginning of his descent after the terminal he wrote and directed lord of war that uh nicholas cage movie that oh yes people know if it has a very good opening then he had in time which was the justin timberlake i loved in time i understand other people didn't but i really liked it then we followed that up with the host mm. and they did a movie called good kill like a war movie with ethan hawk and that apparently critics liked it i've never seen it but ethan hawk is not the pull in the year 2014 <laughs> or 15 yeah, about, that he was then. Um, and then recently in 2018 he did anon which i actually remember oh it's like a Clive Owen, like uh yeah and clive owen's usually good like a sci-fi one he really likes sci-fi he's a sci-fi guy now, his next project that he's the writer on is the Monopoly movie. Ooh. Based on the board game Monopoly. When I first saw it, I saw Monopoly. I'm like, okay, well, let's... And it had a link. I'm like, well, let's see what Monopoly... It just showed the board game. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, Andrew Nicole, from writing The Truman Show to The Host... <laughs> To a movie Monopoly. based on a board game. And not a board game with a story, like Clue. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, Gattaca was very well respected. And that was his, like, his... He wrote and directed Gattaca. Yeah. Yeah. So, <sighs> so uh, the problems with this movie definitely... I don't think they came... I mean, obviously some came from him. He was the writer and the director. The pacing and tone issue... Feels like a book thing. So... I was, like, kind of trying to do a little bit of research to see how different this movie is than the book. Yeah. The answer is approximately zero, (laughs) it seems to me. It, there are so many moments where this movie drags that I'm like, oh, these are, these are scenes that probably in the book might have more impact, but these feel like book scenes. Um, and I found a review while I was going through all this that was like, there are no tonal shifts in this movie. Every single scene has the exact same energy, the exact same mood, and the characters sound like they're saying a prolonged goodbye to each other. Yep. And I was the, like, accurate. The tone of this movie is 
Even the action scenes are kind of like, meh, them all in cars. Yeah, the somehow this movie action boring. It has no climax. There's no emotional arc. Nobody nobody does anything that makes any sense. When I found out that there were 20 minutes left, I was like, "What?" When I found out there was an hour left, I was like, "Still?" <laughs> <laughs> There's there was an hour and I paused at half an hour at the half hour mark because I had to like answer some stuff on my phone and I looked at myself there was an hour and a half left. I was like, "What?" <laughs> but we're already in a different place. What? <laughs> yeah, but that different place is not as significant as you think it will be. Yeah. Well, I think we should get into it. I think we should begin talking about this in depth because uh, it is it's quite a trip we're about to go on. Because this is the host. The host. Much like Twilight. The host starts with a voiceover. And will kind of have a voiceover throughout. Now who, who I ask, is this voiceover? Jeb? I think it's Jeb. Now why he's giving this voiceover is unknowable. He he also gives the voiceover at the end. Which he's not involved with. (laughs) Yeah. So we begin in space. And we learn that the Earth is awesome. It is at peace. There's no hunger. Violence is gone. The environment is healed. Everyone is perfect. There's honesty, courtesy, kindness. Only, it's not our planet anymore. So it turns out that all of the human beings have been taken over by the Yerks. Well, almost. Which I will make this joke now, and I was like, maybe I'll carry this on. These are worse Yerks. These are better Yerks, Aaron. <laughs> That's true. These these are these are definitely better Yerks. So um, these are souls, souls, and they're like little beings of light that live inside shiny silver <laughs> tiny spaceships. I I describe them as. <laughs> as sea cucumbers made of pure light. Hmm. <laughs> They're very pretty. Yeah. And it seems pretty cool. Like, oh, those are them. And then there's moments where it seems like though that's just like the essence of them. It's as if they took the soul out of another being and just the soul gets to ride around in these tiny silver spaceships. Yeah, look, this movie feels like it wants to do metaphors. It does not do metaphors. No, the metaphor is that they called them the souls, Kevin. Yeah. That's the the extent of the metaphor. Yeah. Uh, so we begin by meeting uh, who we will eventually learn his name is actually Mallory. But this is Seorsi? Seorsi Ronan? Uh, Shersha Ronan. Shersha Ronan. All right, Irish. Um, and her name is Melanie, not Mallory. Right, sorry. Melanie. Uh, and she... Is part of a small resistance. The voiceover tells us there is a small resistance. Yeah, and they will imply she's part of it. She is not part of that resistance. Not at this point. And, yeah. She is just a human who has not yet been yerked. Yeah, so she is hiding in a dark room. She's pretty much immediately found out and jumps out a window. She would rather die then have creepy blue eyes because what we haven't explained is it's very very well, the movie hasn't very explained easy it yet. to tell <laughs> the movie hasn't explained but we saw it yet. her face her I guess. eyes is normal yeah uh, i guess yeah we do see a whole bunch of people's eyes yeah the, this whole invasion of the body snatchers thing is very obvious who they are they have glowing silver eyes and the color of the eyes is the same color as the tiny space cucumbers yeah so she jumps out a window but she actually is a little bit alive. She, like, cracks the concrete. And... So, for reasons unknown that will never be explained, 
she destroys she breaks every single bone in her body yes. and destroys all of her internal organs. And this and this doctor is like, I have no idea why she's still alive to imply that her her will to live goes beyond mere science. But like this will not become a plot point. She's not a superior human. No. Uh they I mean in some ways, but not because of her body. No. So she um she the doctor heals her with like a little mist that just like heals up all of her bones yep. and all her organs. I mean earlier we saw a same thing that said this it's like a little silver tube, like a lipstick tube yeah. that says heal on the back of it. Earlier we saw one that said peace on the back of it. So it just means there has to be more, right, than just the two. You would think. Absolutely. Those are the only ones we get to see. Uh but we also meet in this scene Seeker. I which wish... I learned later is actually just the name of her job. Yeah. Everyone will call her Seeker and only Seeker. So this, I'm going to bring this up right now. I've not read this book. Yeah. And I presume that the book is only from the perspective of who we discover is Melanie. Yeah. And the soul who is inside her. Yeah. Um, And I guess we'll just say it now. The soul wants people to call her Wanderer. (laughs) Because the soul wanders to many worlds and has many different bodies on different worlds. Yeah, I'm not... Man, there's they do not explain they do not go into these aliens as far as they should. She like arrives in a little silver thing that just sort of comes down and lands. Yeah, and they and put they, her Yeah, they put her into Melanie and then the the doctor leaves out and goes, You have lived many lives on many worlds. What shall we call you? And then it takes her like five minutes to say, you know, call me Wanderer, which makes you go like, do they not have names? Maybe they don't. It's just wild that Seeker is called okay. So the point I was making is yeah. that I assume the book is only from Melanie Wanderer's point of view. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would call the Seeker Seeker because they don't know no, her. By they don't any know other her name. name. But it's weird when other Seekers keep calling her Seeker. Yeah. It it would be like if I was let's just say a police officer and I called everybody officer, 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 officer. Well, but I guess they do do that. Yeah, but usually you call them names at a certain point, especially when there's a group of them. And, like, she seems to work with the one same other Seeker, the black guy. She works with him a lot. He might be her boss. Yeah, it. she she is not as high-ranking as it she makes seems. it makes it seem in this first scene. Anyway, so she's like, oh, well, can we get her to work? But this doctor is nice. He's like, no, she must rest. So she goes to a fancy room, mm-hmm. and in this fancy room... We find out something. She is not alone in her brain. Yes. Melanie, the uh, the body that she has taken over, her host, if you will. Her host is still there. Her host is still there. Basically screaming at her in her head, being like, you stole my body. You won't get away with this. And she says, she's like, oh, well, you know, we, we're symbionts. Like, we work together. <laughs> and Melanie's like, nope, this is murder. No, it's murder. Uh, <laughs> cue into uh, getting some more from the Seeker. Who essentially tells us why she wants Wanderer to start working immediately. Apparently, she believes, <laughs> this is, we have to say it this way, she believes that Melanie is part of the Rebellion. And so she wants to find out where the Rebellion is. Yes. And Wanderer can connect to Melanie's memories. Although it kind of sounds like the longer you're in someone's body, the more those memories fade away. Yeah, maybe. Or that's what they think should happen. Maybe that's what happens on other worlds. It's very hard to tell. Yeah, once again, they don't go into the aliens far enough for me to understand anything that's going on. But we get a whole bunch of flashbacks here. We get Melanie meeting a human man who we'll know as Jared. 
<laughs> and he this begins this this common trend of people not getting souls. Like he goes up behind her and holds a knife to her neck, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's a soul!" I'm like, we, "Why would a soul do that?" We we every time we see a soul, they're always like, "Hey, buddy." How's it going? And the people knock them out. Like it's true. I, they are intrinsically friendly. There are no aggressive. The only aggressive soul we will eventually see is Seeker, and then she is seen as she is wrong for doing that. And like even the other souls, because you know the souls do have a mandate to make all humans yeah. souls. That's a kind- weird way of phrasing that. They they want they want to connect with all humans. They yeah. want that symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And so, like, they do want that. But even when they're like searching for the rebellion, they're like, "Oh, seeker, you this- think you see humans, but that's just us." Yeah. It feels it feels like the humans. <laughs> this is a movie where the humans are expecting like the aliens from Independence Day, or the aliens are like, "Oh, these aliens, you know, these aliens will come down. We'll have these big fights with them." And then they just come down. And they're like, "Hey, dudes." What's going on? We have these peace sprays, so you'll go to sleep. We will take over your body, so don't get me wrong. But, and to be fair, Mel- or um, Wanderer does not do a great job of explaining their goals <laughs> to Melanie. Because Melanie's like, oh, you're taking away my... Fr-. Or she's like, I know you're sad that you've lost your free will. And Melanie's like, this is a sacrifice. And then Wanderer's like, well, you know, we all have to work towards the common good. And Melanie's like, this is not common good. This is murder. But, like, no one's actually explaining their point. They're just yeah. like citing catchphrases at each other. We'll get into these aliens a little bit more. The big thing I think we do have to get from here is that the only way they apparently can get into the body, this is what we see, is to for them to cut a hole in the back of their neck and have them go in through there. Yeah, they can't do it through the eye, through the ear. You're not getting the yerk thing with going through the ear. They have to gently cut a hole in... This invasion makes no sense. Anyway. Um, so, yes, we find out that Melanie ha- meets a guy named Jared, and he kisses her, and then he goes, oh, You're human! Yeah. Or maybe he says you're human, then kisses her. I he's, don't remember. He says she's human, then he, she, then he kisses her. Then she runs into the night, and <laughs> then he like, runs no, after her. No, no, we're, I mean, we're both human. We can work together. Uh, she also has a little brother named Jamie. Yeah. Uh, and then this begins this thing where it seems like Melanie's trying to prod. Look, there's a lot of conversations between Melanie and Wanderer that are nonsense. Absolute nonsense and the only way like uh Shersha Ronan is trying to make their voices sound different I think yeah sometimes Melanie has a little bit of a southern accent yeah like a Texas accent but like really the only way that you can tell the difference is because Melanie's voice is in her head like it's a voiceover so it has a little bit of an echo and um Wanderer speaks out loud oh yeah Wanderer cannot communicate with Melanie in her head she has to say out loud in fact, at times, Melanie cannot read her... Th- they can't read each other's thoughts. They don't no, share thoughts. No, they're just in each other's brains. Which makes it a lot less interesting, to be fair. And much less symbiotic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do get a moment here where Melanie shows control over the body, which also never becomes a plot thing. It's just a thing that appears every so often. She has strong will. She does it. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit more of this uh, like family stuff between Jared and Jamie, which is her brother and her. It's stuff like them kissing by a farm and dancing by a farm, and there's rain <laughs> by the farm. Yeah, yeah. We we get another scene which just shows more of Stephanie Meyer's stuff with like. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Melanie and Jared what? are sitting on a couch and, in the outdoors, and Melanie's like, "Let's sleep together," and Jared's like, "No, vile temptress." He's like, "Not yet." <laughs> he, he says. We have all the time in the world. And I'm like, 
You're literally on the run. You're you're in the apocalypse. It's so weird for you to say like, "There's no one else around. We have all the time in the world." When what it should be is, "Hey, the er- the human race, as far as we care, is going extinct." Yeah. I don't. You know, it's super weird that Stephanie Meyer is a woman. Yeah. And when she writes her books, it's always the woman who is like sex. She has and the this, guy who's like no. She has this real. Like, like Lilith temp- thing. Yeah, thing. Um, we also learned my favorite line that Seeker says, which is that when talking to Wanderer, because at this point she, like, knows that Melanie is talking yeah. in her head. She's like, uh, yes, these humans are hard to control. They have stronger physical drives than we're used to. I'm like, oh, humans are the horniest creatures <laughs> in the universe. That's what she means. It is. If, if she if she meant love, it would be emotional drive. She says physical drives. <laughs> now, Melanie does seem able to keep um, Wanderer away from some of her memories. Yeah. But if she gets too excited, she slips up. Yeah. So she shows um, Wanderer a flash of, like, a, a mountainscape. And Wanderer starts to drive it. And yeah. Melanie is like, no, absolutely not. People can't know. Tear that up. And she does actually, Maunder does keep it. I guess Melanie's feelings are starting to infect her. Uh, and then we get to, right to the hiding. And like they said, like, oh, you know, we are doing this for a while. And then we went to a hotel we thought was empty. So in no point was Melanie actually part of the rebellion. Well, they realized they had to move on from the farm. And they were going to go find her uncle Jeb. Who yeah. she knows is in the mountains. Yes. So I guess they were going to the resistance. Yeah, but they, but she does not know there's a resistance. I don't understand how she knows what the mountains look like. I yeah, I I don't understand. Did she see the mountains? Then they went to a hotel. Not this is core stuff that makes this movie work, and it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why the seeker thought that Melanie was part of the rebellion. I don't know how she knew what the mountains looked like if they were in a hotel. Because it seems the later, mountains are very close to she where, goes though. to the mountains for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. she explains how she made Jamie hide, and she got caught, but Jamie, Jamie is safe. And she promised she would go back to him. Uh, we <laughs> we have a weird sequence where Wanderer goes to a swamp. <laughs> yeah. Because Wanderer loves water. Well, well, yeah, I don't know why she was looking there. No, she loves water, because she says, oh, I wanted to change the scenery, and the Seeker goes... Oh, well, I thought the last planet you went to was all water. Aaron, I I think really she just went there because she needed to be in a different setting. <laughs> so she could think. Because the rest of this movie will be desert. Except for the... She always takes those baths. She doesn't always take those baths. But Aaron, people just take baths. There is no... Indi- Aaron, I know you're trying to give Wanderer character traits. <laughs> Look, there's not a lot of lines in this movie. <laughs> that line has to have been significant. I don't think Erin. She's been she's been to eight different planets. <laughs> so, Wanderer is trying to decide what to do because this brain in her head is really starting to get to her. Yeah, we get a little bit from Seeker explaining that like she she definitely has more of a feel of like I hate like vile humans with their she brutal hates those urges. They're brutal and they're killing each other and the planet and oh we'll find her brother and then Melanie takes over for a moment for Wanderer to just like <laughs> swing at her, <laughs> take a swing. And then Seeker's like, oh, oh, I see. Melanie is still there inside you. And we do get the peace spray at this point. Yeah. yeah, And it's just, and you're down. Very peaceful. So this makes Seeker come up with a brilliant idea. (laughs) If Melanie is inside Melanie's head, then maybe Seeker should just go inside Melanie's head. And so they're going to lock her in her apartment overnight, and then tomorrow they're going to do it. Yeah. But they're locking her in for 
her safety. Well, I think also they just don't know if Melanie's going to take control over her body. Oh, no, they're definitely not locking her in for her safety. (laughs) Well, and then this goes into this big escape between the two of them. I honestly don't get what Wanderer's dog is in, other than the fact that I guess her emotions are being taken over by Melanie's. I think so. And I think she is starting to realize that, like, humans are people. Because I, it sounds like, and we don't know this for sure, but it sounds like normally there's no consciousness in their head with them. Maybe. And so this is, like, bringing to roost for her. Like, I am taking over another being. Maybe. Once again, the problem is that because it's Because she, she wants to go to her healer. She does want to go to her healer, yeah. So for... I think she wants to talk to her healer about the fact, like, this person is in my brain. I'm in another person's body. Maybe. She, the, the problem is that, that for Wanderer being a main character, her motivations are... I mean, I guess I understand she's an alien, but her motivations are very alien. <laughs> Look, she's a Yurk who has never heard other people's thoughts before. Now she's like, ah, oh, shoot, other people. Yeah, I don't know, it's unclear. Um, anyway, so yeah, they, 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 do a, they do a big escape. Uh, we get another sign that these... Uh, these yurks are real nice. But also, Wanderer is so dumb. She left the ripped up piece of paper in her pants in her closet and Seeker finds it immediately. Oh, yeah, with the with that thing. Uh, I, I, I want to point out, we do have to do this scene where uh, Wanderer runs out into the middle of the of the um, the street and oh, just yes. asks for someone's car. He's like, hey, can I borrow your car? And he's like, oh, sure, yeah. He's like, it's a very good car, very reliable, full we'll, gas. We'll take a gas. Goodbye. And then Melanie's like, oh, nice trek. And she says, and Wanderer says, no, this is just what we do. We just help each other. We don't lie to each other. <laughs> Once again, they will repeatedly show these people as being real good. And humans don't get good things. <laughs> it would have been great if during that opening voiceover, maybe they had shown us some clips of the initial invasion. Wouldn't that have been some great contextualizing (laughs) stuff? Yeah, because at this point, it seems like they just... Because, once again, you have to slice the back of the neck. So it seems like they just came in very peacefully and just sort of... Like, snuck up behind people and were like... But in what body? I guess a body from a different planet? Maybe. It doesn't work. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they... They go out. There's a little bit more. There's some more memories. They have a fight in their brain in the car about if they're going to Fort Worth because it turns out that Melanie's been manipulating. Yeah, she's been. She's been. (laughs) You've been distracting me with kissing in the rain. But I think really she was because Wanderer doesn't know where Fort Worth is. I think Melanie was just lying to her about the directions. Potentially possible because she because she sees the the mountain line. and then they're they're fighting, they're going back and forth. And then they total the car. They they don't just total the car. They do the the James Bond Quantum of Solace car flip. Like it's I, they're, wild. They're not going that fast, but that car launches. And then they're totally fine <laughs> because Melanie's strength of mind keeps her from being injured, I guess. Uh. And then they just walk into the desert. And Melanie slash Wanderer is wearing heels, not super high heels, but yeah. like heeled boots, which became an ongoing topic of distraction for me until <laughs> she changed out of them way too late. Yeah. Uh, now, I know you're wondering, oh, seems like they really got, you know, they really got out of there. How's your, how is Seeker going to find them? Aaron, how could Seeker, seeing this drawing of mountains, possibly find them? 
There's a computer system that the souls have where you can just put in what a mountain range looks like, like from, the silhouette of it. From a very specific angle. Aaron, it's images. There are images. There's a database of mountains. And, like, I don't know how Seeker even knew that it was mountains because it's it looks like it could be like an echo like a uh, ecg yeah it could be many things i why would you make what what, (laughs) there's there is some soul out there who was like i'm gonna make a database of that is just of mountain silhouettes from every possible angle you could look at that mountain someone's like why would you make that for art. <laughs> Someday we will need to know every silhouette of mountains. <laughs> Man, you do want to be nice if they showed that maybe even these souls don't care about art. Maybe that's what sets the souls apart from humans. Because they have no appreciation of emotion. Like they're just nice and kind. But they have no passion. Yeah, but they don't do that. So um, while this is going on, uh, Walker and Wanderer. Wanderer. W and M wander through the desert, and they're real dry, and it's really hot, and they almost die under a tree. Yeah. But her uncle Jeb finds her. How yes. convenient! And then she meets some people, and one by one, they will all beat the hell out of her. They keep so Kyle. We'll learn his name is Kyle. Yeah, almost slices her head off, but yeah. he stopped just so like everyone can slap her, like her aunt. <laughs> Her aunt, who was played by um, the woman who played the mom on Titanic, like yeah. a major actress in a very small role with no she, character growth. She, yeah, she does nothing but either glare at Wanderer um, or slap her. And there's no – she doesn't even seem like – I guess she's technically married to Jeb. No, she's her – his sister. Okay. Um. Also, she is played by – like the woman who's playing her that time is like 58 – they make her look rough. They do make her look... I almost wonder if she was supposed to be a bigger role and they cut out... They must have. Like, because... otherwise, why should she even exist? Anyway, um, Jeb is the only one who, like, who who is suspicious of this. I mean, when Wanderer wakes up, she does say a lot of information... That sh- there's no way a soul could know, maybe. Well, the, the, okay, but you know here, what, here's to the thing. be fair, the, um, the humans don't... Because they're humans, they've yeah. never been sold. They don't know what the connection is. Like they don't know what kind of information a soul could have. Yeah, they've probably never met a person who they know after they've been sold. Yeah, you know the, what I mean. the the main The main thing is that really all Jeb, all Jeb has to go on is that he feels like there's something wrong here, and it's one of those things where, man, it's it's fortunate. It's just a fortunate thing. It's lucky that he that he had that feeling. It didn't feel like there was even a thing, a thing she did that made that. I think also though Jeb doesn't want to kill anything. Yeah, um, he doesn't go on any raids. <laughs> he doesn't do any murders. Yeah, he may want to kill Kyle. Well, I mean, Kyle <laughs> did try to cut his niece's head off. Uh, I I want to take a quick quick sidestep here back to the Seekers because they are chasing her, and boy, howdy, do these Seekers love Chrome. Ooh, they're so shiny. They got chrome cars, chrome bikes, a chrome helicopter. Which makes them really easy to spot, so that's conven- convenient. <laughs> yeah, they, um, oh man. And and at this point, once again, the Seeker, who we'll just have to call Seeker, even though they're all Seekers. 
infuriating. Our seeker. Our seeker. Uh, <laughs> Diane Diane Kruger seeker. You know the woman who played Helen of Troy in Troy. Yeah, that's that's, that's one of the roles. Call, call her Helen now. Now we'll call her Seeker. Uh, <laughs> hey, if hey, if we were put through if we were put through her just being called Seeker, they will so they. She is once again very sure that Melanie is part of the resistance. I like how she they like go and they find the car and the one Seeker's like, okay, well she's definitely dead. Like there's no way, and it doesn't seem like she actually sees anything. She just goes signs of humans colon reinforcements yeah yeah she, she says i want area things i want i want to look at them and then i think she stands out there four days mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> they will keep on updating us on this seeker just standing in the desert looking in the distance to be like oh i'll find you i'll find you little girl and so melanie is blindfolded and she is taken to a massive underground cave system yeah we will find out from jeb later but we're just now yeah he was wandering the desert and fell into the cave that's how we found it so you know heaven sent and all that he invited other humans to be there with him yeah uh and melanie's not yeah it's melanie who says it she's like oh my god there's so many of them we the resistance does exist we do have a chance it's like 12 turns out there's 30 at some point that number is cited thrown out yeah um so they take her there. She, her blindfold is taken off. And they're like, well, we got to take her to Doc. You know, to Doc. <laughs> like the others. But Jeb says, no, she will not go to Doc. Instead, she just goes to another cave. Well, they, and they keep calling it her cell. Yeah, there's no doors in this place. They're, they they did not even put up, like, nice beads to split up areas. There's just carved in. I do not know how long we've been, like, invaded for. Because... They have full-on carved-out rooms, and they put up this this big mirror system. They've grown so much wheat, but it seems this is their first wheat harvest. Yeah, so so I'm going to give them, it's probably been... uh, No, since being invaded, I'm going to give them a few years. Because also, keep in mind, Mm -hmm. the the, the super-advanced cities that we see (laughs) images of. Uh, We cannot skip over the fact, though, that she does see Jared, and Jared does... Beat the hell out of her. Just, I mean, he backhands her. He, he, he does her a slap. Yeah. <laughs> he he will be the longest one to get on board. And then she's in her prison cell, and he's just sitting there in the hallway by her cell, and he's mm. just so sad, and she's sad, and Wanderer's sad, and then Melanie Makes explains a call. to Wanderer that um she cannot tell anyone that Melanie is still in her brain because they won't believe her. And they'll kill her. This is followed up by a line from Melanie saying, Oh, God, they're going to kill us. So, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, it's your last resort. Why not just... Well, and especially because without it, if they ask you the question, Why did you come here? What's your answer? I don't know. I had a feeling. I just wanted to come here. Like, (laughs) that is the talk of a spy. I was wandering the (laughs) desert for fun. At least if you say hey, Melanie's alive in my head and talking to me right now. She wanted to come here and see her family. At, at least that that pushes forward the conversation. And, spoiler alert, every single time they do tell someone that, they that person, instantly believe her. Well, except for Jared. I, Jared believes her and then stops and then begins again. So... This is moping and dumb planning is interrupted by Kyle coming back again to do some murder. Well, it's Kyle, Ian, and another boy. Who's named either Aaron or Boyd. He will not be seen. I mean, he will be seen again. He's not a main character. 
Anyway, so Jared is like, no, no murders. Yeah. So he tries to fight back and then M slash W tries to fight back and Ian gets his hands around her neck and Kyle is shouting, choke her, choke her. And then Melanie with all of the uh, <laughs> the knowledge she has is, hey, keep breathing. Helpful. <laughs> Which is not helpful for someone being choked. So Ian is going to choke Wanderer to death. Luckily, Jeb comes on in, and he's like, hey, y'all are in my cave." Well, he shoots a hole in the cave ceiling, which so, seems like a bad idea. You know what? He knows these caves, Kevin. <laughs> he didn't cause, like, a slide or anything. They're in his caves, and if they're not going to follow his rules, then yeah. th- th- they better follow his rules. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, we, we move forward with a with, uh, little bit more of Wanderer meeting other people. Uh, she kind of runs into Jamie. And we do also get here the indication that Ian, the guy who choked her, is starting to feel bad for Wanderer. Well, he feels bad that he tried to choke a human. Look, I'm just going to say it right now. Ian is the other romantic lead of this film. And I don't know why they decide to do the meet-cute is him choking her to death. Now, I wish maybe that scene wasn't so dark, because maybe there was a lot of, like conflict and tort like maybe the he fight does, scene no I, i'll admit he is holding her throat and he does look sad <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that he is actively choking her while looking sad i just think it could have been a better directed fight I, scene I because think, to be fair his brother is screaming at him you have to do this i the think implication is you have to do this to save humans i think he should have either had a gun or a stick or something that he was going he was holding up and deciding to hit her with, not actively killing her at that moment. Well, you know what I'm going to tell you? This is a Stephanie Meyer story, and for sure he got his hands on her body and felt like a spark of connection. Then we got uh, a big, oh god, a big long tour that just keeps going. Jeb is going to show Wanderer, who he will name Wanda, uh, all about this cave. At one point, he makes a very specific point to say sound travels really well here, and that never comes up again. Oh, yeah. No. At no point does somebody follow the sound of someone else. But what he does point out is that this is in a dead volcano, but it's not that dead because there's a giant river, and if you fall into that river, you're going to be gone forever. But more importantly, um, it has a sweet place to have, like, a hot springs, essentially. A bathing hot springs. So we have a bit of, like, intercut scenes where Wanda is bathing, and the boys... Um, not Ian. No, it's, it's essentially it's going to be Jared, Kyle, and two yeah. other boys. Go um out in trucks and... Supply Seeker, run. Yeah. Seeker finally gets her helicopter. Mm. So these things are happening all at the same time. And then we find out about the wheat. Yes, they are growing... Honestly, this is impressive. So much wheat underground by using mirrors. Mm-hmm. That they're like, there's a hole up in the top, which maybe was the hole that he fell through. Man, that would have been a big hole. And uh, as he explains about the wheat, he figures out that Melanie's in there. Yeah, he he says that he's all he's been thinking for a while if humans can exist within souls. Uh, also, Jamie has been clever girling them <laughs> from the wheat. <laughs> and uh, Jeb knows. Jeb's like, Jamie, stand up, clever girl. <laughs> we also find out that this complex is so well designed that as soon as they hear a helicopter they can hide the mirrors yeah well they they tilt them down so they're no longer reflective up above um however this is a very important scene where they hide the mirrors because wanda helps them helps yeah she helps them do it and 
I thought this might carry into like whatever the climax was going to be that these mirrors are visible from above and like if you don't if someone's there not to move them because they're almost caught here yeah. I think I think Seeker actually does see a mirror but they think that she actually saw one of their very shiny chrome bikes <laughs> oh if only <laughs> yes that's when um the other Seeker is like huh you don't see humans you see us <laughs> you dumb Seeker yep uh, so now Wanda has to meet one more or have a deeper connection with one more person. This time it's Jamie. So Jamie is supposed to take Wanda, I think, to her cell or something. But instead, yeah. he takes her to a place that resembles the outside, a sky made of glowworms. Yeah, it's a cave of glowworms that if you're too loud, they'll go out. And it actually is very pretty. It's very cool. He claps his hands, they disappear, and then they reappear like constellations. It's very pretty. And he talks about... Basically, is Melanie still alive? Well, and all I could think of during the scene, though, is like, I'm actually really interested in what Wanda's thinking here because she's been to the stars. Like, it's weird. Like, they constantly be like, oh, Earth is the most beautiful planet in the galaxy. And I'm like, I mean, uh, I, beautiful I, and hard. They never just say beautiful, it's always it's beautiful true. and hard. <laughs> it's true. It's beautiful and hard. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jamie is. Wandering of Melanie's still alive, and the Melanie goes, Ah, oh, screw it. Tell him. Well, maybe she realized that her secret was dumb. Well, she doesn't because she wants, because at the end, after she tells him, uh, Wanda says, and Melanie says, like, it's a, it's a secret. Don't tell anyone else. Why? Well, this is going on. The boys raid a store called Store. Oh, I love Store. I love Store, too. I love Store so much. It's like no-name brand heaven because, of course, these perfect aliens don't have capitalism. They don't have name brands. You just go into the store and you pick out the things you need and then you just walk out. Um, they are interrupted by a soul while this is going on, and they full stop steal him. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they knock him out and throw him in their truck. They take him. Uh, I I don't get why this race has. I don't guess get really get why this race has cops, like full it, it, on flashing lights. I guess for ma- the ma- resistance. Yeah, I guess it's because they they know they have not fully. And maybe they never had them before because they're not very good at being cops. So I'm wondering if they've never had to have them before. Well, and the fact that they're called Seekers makes me think that maybe their job is technically to go to other planets first. Yeah. Yeah. So really, this is their fault. So somehow, this raid started at, like, the beginning of the tour. Yeah. And now they're still on the supply run, but the wheat is ready to harvest. Yeah. Uh... So everyone gets to work harvesting the re- the wheat including Wanda, Melanie. Yes. Wanda and Ian make eyes at each other. Melanie immediately is like, hey, hey, no, no, no. And she's the one who says, don't forget he tried to kill you. And then she also, but then she keeps more so being like, this is gross. He's a human and you're a floating ball of light. Oh, yeah. I think Melanie sucks. Yeah. Aaron, Melanie might suck. Now, this harvest is hard work. And Maggie brings around bottles of water for everyone, but not for Wanda. Well, that's fine. Then she could have some of Ian's spit water. And then... Um, helicopter arrives. So Jamie cuts his leg by accident. Yeah. And then they close the mirrors again, and that's anticlimactic. <laughs> Even at this point, the cut on his leg In, initially, seems like a nothing. Initially, I'm like, I don't know if this matters or not. It kind of does. So he's got to go see Doc to get his leg fixed. But more importantly, 
the, the boys on the supply run are dumb. They're driving too fast. Well, I think only one of the, their, them is. The car without our main characters is driving too fast. Yeah, literally, the <laughs> the helicopter po- points out and goes, they're driving over the speed limit. And of course they'll get you caught. None of these people break the law. <laughs> they do have speed limits, though. Now, to be fair, the boys might not know what the speed limit is. Maybe <laughs> that's only soul knowledge. You match the speed of the cars around that's you. That's true. Follow the flow of traffic. I think actually, he, actually, they don't even say speed limit. I think he just says they're driving faster than the other cars. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So then a big chase. It is not exciting. It ends with a suicide. Yeah. The non-main character boys realize they can't escape, so they drive their truck into a cement barrier. Oh, I also want to point out, they start shooting so fast. So fast. Like, the, they, they go from zero to shoot everybody around us so quickly. Uh, I, I, they, yeah, they run through a concrete barricade. They were about to run into a gas tank, and I'm so upset they didn't drive into the gas tank. Give us an explosion. Give us something. This is a very slow chase. It's very boring. So um, while this is going on, so that happens, the suicide happens. Then we have kind of a split scene where Wanda is telling the humans about her species, how there are 12 planets that have viable life on them and no, she's no, been no, to no. eight of those no no they're not fine. she doesn't say this so I a viable life she says her people have been to 12 times that's right and she yeah. says there could be more but they know of 12 yeah they know of 12 she's been to eight um so and the and what she says here is i mean yeah usually like we go there we bond and we live in harmony <laughs> and no one asks follow-up questions no good has, choice you know as follow-up questions and i'm like okay Maybe we're supposed like even though Wanderer is over a thousand years old and have been to eight different planets, I don't know how they calculate that because is she calculating travel time as well? She says a thousand Earth years. She does say a thousand Earth years. Um, so I'm like, okay, maybe she's supposed to be proving that actually you're wrong and your people are actually a lot more malicious than you give them credit for. But she gets backed up. By a lot of people. Now, she is a wanderer, not a seeker. So she maybe does always go to the planets once they've already been assimilated. Yeah. And well, maybe that's a different thing. The problem is, the problem is I, don't know if, I don't know if wanderer is her job. I think she just decided to call herself wanderer. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But I just mean she's not a seeker. So she doesn't go to light planets and find life. Yeah, now, to be fair, I'm also assuming that's how seekers work. We know nothing. Well, she's just she's not a groundbreaker. She's a traveler. Yeah. Um, so while this is going on, the fight scene continues. The and truck gets rammed into by... Aaron, the reason it does continue is the dumbest thing ever. We do have to mention that. Yeah, I know. The guys take off. They're scared. Well, no, they don't even take off that badly. They're When when Seeker, you know, our Seeker, our precious Seeker, the one that we care about, uh, she just points at their truck and says, that truck. There's a truck right in front of them. It's the exact same truck driving the exact same speed. She has no reason to assume that truck is the one they're in. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell because all the trucks look the same. <laughs> yeah. But I think their truck stopped, watched the suicide truck, and then started going but, again. But so did another car in front of them. You, you yeah, see... but the other truck was normal. But so it's theirs. There's no reason this woman should have been able to look over and be like, that one as well. Unfortunately, here comes our seeker. And um, Kyle had been doing some shooting, but he lost his gun. Yeah. So she takes his gun. She takes his gun. Thinking <laughs> thinking she's going to shoot some humans, but instead... And instead she shoots the seeker they were going to take. 
and the other seekers are, are not happy. They are horrified beyond all belief that she would dare pick up a gun and kill someone. Because they're called souls, it means one of them says, you killed a soul. Now, I think they would have been, like, a little displeased, but mostly okay if she could, if she had killed a human, I, but... I, Aaron, there's no way to tell. Because this is also the scene where this guy goes, Seeker, no one else cares about finding these humans. Just let them die out. Like, no other Seeker has any interest in finding the rebellion. They're just like, okay, whatever. There's some humans out there. Who cares? So, the hunt is off. For for most of them. However, Jared and Kyle are very upset that their friends just committed suicide in front of them. So mm -hmm. what can they do? They can kill Wanda. They can get out their aggression that way. They do try to blame her for the, like, oh, she was she's dead because the Seeker was looking for you. And not because they, people who have clearly done many of these supply runs, drove fast. I mean, to be fair... They are dead because Seeker was... Well, no, but the person who actually caught them was not that Seeker. It was just someone in the helicopter. It's the per just the person in the helicopter said, that car driving too fast. I definitely thought that was our Seeker, but... No, she's... She, Aaron, she's got her sweet chrome car. But she was in a helicopter before. What has happened? No, because no, she, she was the one on the road who pointed at their car and said, that is the... Like that, the, that yeah, is the I know, truck but that the last in. time we saw her, she was in a helicopter. Yeah, and then she got out of the helicopter, back in a car. So anyway, <laughs> um, they're going to do their murder, but then Jamie does not want to see his sister murdered, so he reveals that his sister is still alive. <laughs> and you do hear Melody say, no, Jamie, don't! And uh, Jared does not like this reveal. No, Jeb agrees, though. And I think Ian also agrees. He doesn't. Ian doesn't care. He likes Wanda. And he's like, you know what? There's only one safe thing we can do. I'm going to take her to my house. Yep. Uh, so we get a little bit of romance between uh, Wanda and Ian. It is pretty much consistently cock-blocked by Melanie. Mel to be fair, Melanie is not attracted to Ian. It's true. I am weirdly into the, hi the high-level concept of this love quadrangle. It's, it's like if you're going to have this, uh, you know, romance version of Invasion the Body Snatchers... If they had gone deeper into, like, this entire, like, dynamic, I think would have been interesting. Watching the movie, though, it just seems like a really lazy way to do a love triangle, much like Twilight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Where like, everyone ends up happy, which is not the point of a love triangle. It, yeah, it's, it's very clear that they they felt like they wanted to try to do a love triangle that doesn't work. What I will tell you is that Ian appears to be the only likable character in this movie other than maybe Jeb. Yeah. He does have the one nice moment with with um Jared when um Ian, when like they're talking about like, you know, kill like, you know, uh uh you know, oh, she's not human and Ian says, "Then we should not be." I'm like, "Yeah, that's how you have to portray humans like, but they don't portray humans that way." Um it's also really great because Jared comes and says, "I came to talk to it." And he says, "It's a she. Her name is Wanda." Yeah. So Jared has an insane test to make sure Melanie is actually in there. He does a whole bunch of kissing on Wanda, so Melanie takes over the body and slaps him, and that's how he knows. Yeah, he made a weird call there. But she didn't slap him when he kissed her before. She just ran into the night. Like, wouldn't... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it, it seems to imply that every single time they kiss, she slaps him. <laughs> Uh, then, you know, Melanie says, tell him, but then Wanda runs off, 
and like hides in the. She goes to take a bath because she loves water. <laughs> I don't think she goes to take a bath there. She just goes to where she can be alone. And then they can have a cool scene where she hides under the water. Because Kyle comes, she tries to hide, but she can't hold her breath for that long. Yeah, they have a little bit, little bit of fight here that sort of ends with Kyle. And you think because it echoes, and literally before we saw it echoes, I guess that's how they found them. Instead, the important part of that scene was the fact that that river will kill you. Yes. Because Kyle almost falls Kyle's in. Kyle almost river. falls in. And then once again, they could have given humans humans anything right here instead as kyle's about to fall in melanie goes let him go let him die and on top of this once she does not let him go and let him die and she calls for help and then and she helps and she him. like you know she pulls him back up they go to doc's center and kyle is fine but jeb really really wants wanda to say that kyle tried to attack her because if that's the case they have rules against this in their society yeah, they'll kick him out and um, Wanda refuses to do it, yeah. and they're like angry at Wanda for, for like for for not, for doing that for not for not turning on Kyle. They're like, oh, well, fine, you're the one who has to live with him then. And even Melanie whispers, "I thought you couldn't lie." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why are we showing humans is so mean? <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. All right, uh, we get a little bit, little bit more Ian and Wanda stuff. They go outside. It's very complicated. Yeah, but there's a little bit of kissing happening. Yeah, we do get in the scene with the Seeker some implications that the Seeker's fighting against her own body as well. So maybe she's going through what Wanda's going through. And she whispers the word, "I am not weak." And I was trying to figure out, like, did the body make her kill, like, pick up a gun? Because she kept the gun. <laughs> So we don't get to know that. Instead, Wanda wanders through the caves thinking about her and Melanie, I think, are both thinking about what happened with Ian. And then they come across Jamie and Jamie's leg is still bleeding. <laughs> yeah, I, it took me a while to get here because she goes, oh, that should have healed by now. You should go see the doctor. And I thought they were implying that he never got treatment at all. They're actually implying that his wound has gotten infected yes. and he should go see the doctor Again. Again. <laughs> but the doctor's busy. So Wanda goes to the doctor because she's going to get some help for Jamie. Unfortunately, what she sees is a soul massacre. Yeah. So apparently uh, uh, the humans have been essentially kidnapping souls and have just been tearing them out of people, trying to get people alive, and just been killing the people and the souls. So, I mean, you know what? It makes sense that they try. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if their doctor is actually a doctor. They call him Doc, but he also could be like, you I know, think... like a research scientist or like a nurse. No, I think he is because they 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 do constantly mention that he specifically hates this. Like when after right after this scene, Jeb sort of talks with um Wanda about how like, well, you know, we had to try to get our people back or this, and then they he agrees to no longer do this because Wanda says. What you're doing will not work. I'll tell you this right now. Mm -hmm. It will not work. And he says that, oh, that's good. Doc can't take much more. So I think he is a doctor. Is he a doctor or is he based on Stephanie Meyer's brother who is tender of heart? I'll tell you. <laughs> the second is true for sure. Well, Aaron. The you, first may not be true. Aaron, you looked up stuff outside of the thing again. You can't <laughs> keep doing this to me. You keep, you keep bringing in information I couldn't, couldn't possibly know. I was trying to figure out the difference between the movie and the book. Mm -hmm. I found nothing. No information. There is no difference, Aaron. They just filmed the book. So, um... Uh, th this, this, this puts this whole thing between Melanie and, uh, 
uh, Wanda, where Wanda tells Melanie to shut up, and then Melanie, like, does, does? for three days. And um, Jamie's getting sicker. And Wanda finally freaks out because she says to Jamie, oh, we have to make you better. And he goes, that's something Melanie would say. Did she say that inside your brain? And then Wanda's like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> yeah, then Wanda, Wanda takes a break from the Jamie is sick storyline to do the Melanie's not talking storyline. Because Melanie coming back does not help Jamie. And then she does something a little bit awful. She forces Ian to give her so many kisses because she thinks it'll make Melanie come back because um, Melanie hates it when she kisses Ian. You know, you know what I'll say? I'm sure she also, she's like, I get something out of this as well. Honestly, when I first saw it, I thought she was like, oh, Melanie's quiet. All right, cool. Gotta get me some Ian time before Melanie comes back. But then she explains it to Ian and poor hurt Ian <laughs> just goes out and gets Jared and goes... <laughs> You gotta kiss her. And then walks off into the night. <laughs> and if this was a better movie, there'd be, like, fallout from this. I conversation. I just love him. Like, the, the way it's shot is that Jared's just, like, leaning against the wall yeah. somewhere. And he's like, hey, Jared, come here. <laughs> kiss this girl. And then he just leaves his own home. Bye. And I guess it does work. It, because it, Melanie misses Jared so much. Aaron, the prince wakes her up with a kiss. So, Wanda knows how to fix this. Yep. She's got to get the soul medicine. So, um, this should be more dramatic than it is, but basically oh. her and Jared drive into a city. Oh, God. They put such tense music over it. It's not tense because we know that souls are not suspicious. So, they drive into the city. She gives herself a big old cut. On, well, she tries to get Jared to give her a cut, and Melanie's like, nope, he has no he has no stomach for that. He's a coward. <laughs> give yourself a cut. Also, so she's she has a scar on her head, and she decides to cut her arm and her head? Because souls wouldn't have a scar, because they would have used the magic yeah, medicine on it. So my she, more thing is, why didn't she just cut her head? Because how <coughs> many mirrors do they have for their own faces in the cave? All the mirrors are for wheat. I don't think she knew she had a scar <laughs> so until she, she looked in the mirror. I she cut herself, looked over, went, oh, <laughs> I guess that one as well. Because she doesn't need to. So she goes into the soul hospital and they're like, oh, this is an emergency. And yeah, and they treat it as it's very tense. She she lies to them, which they constantly are like, oh, you know, you can't lie. But it's not really tense at all. And she just gets the medicine. There are zero stakes. A doctor yeah. heals her. Then she asks the doctor for water, so the doctor leaves. She steals so much medicine. Yeah, and because the cabinets aren't locked, because why would they lock them? And the doctor comes back with some water, and she's like, okay, bye. But then as she's walking out, and Melanie's like, go, 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 go. She sees some little tiny alien spaceships. I, yeah, I'm going to just call them spacecrafts. It's the best thing to describe them. And she looks she's... at them. No, she just looks at them. Yeah, I mean, we know she steals one. We know she one. steals yeah. them. Um, and then as she brings the medicine back, for some reason, the doctor's like, you don't know what that'll do. Like, they're, they're really trying to be like, we, we can't give it to him. We don't know how it'll react. I'm like, yes, you do. In a more interesting movie, the conflict is, does it work on a human without a soul inside them? Yeah. Maybe that's something that could be set up earlier. But instead, she sprays. He's healed. Done. And now she's now Wanda is just part of the team. Cool. And so she gets to go on a supply run, which is super easy because she's a soul. And then so we, she just takes everything they need. Yeah. And then we... Oh, also we learn that Melanie just definitely just steal from stores. She says, I've walked out of stores without paying before, but no one's ever smiled at me before that. Which means that before the apocalypse happened, she stole from stores. I mean, who doesn't? I don't know. Uh, and then what I think 
is the climax happens. So there's a lookout who we've never seen before, and he sees his friends coming back, and he smiles. <laughs> but then he turns around. And, and because Seeker is there? Well, n- we don't see that, Aaron. Because this film is shot terribly, he turns around and goes, <gasps> and then it shows a shot of the truck again. I'm like, so wait, he sees another truck? But like, I thought it was a point of view shot of another truck. But it's our truck, and our truck sees his body on the ground. <laughs> and then somehow coming up from no behind his body <laughs> an open road they're in a desert it's an open desert seeker walks up and b- points a gun at them and goes ah uh, they'll shoot you and then it happens again aaron <laughs> in an open desert jeb sneaks up on her <laughs> <laughs> he knocks her out no well he shoots her in the shoulder yeah and then they use a little bit of medicine does, to heal that up. He doesn't know that wouldn't have killed her. <laughs> you don't shoot someone to knock him out. I mean, to be fair, she did just kill one of his friends. No, it's fine. Like, I'm fine if he just wanted to kill her immediately as well. In the context of human stories, sure. But that's the climax, I think. So, after this, um, Seeker is in the cell that Melanie was in. And they healed her shot because... Because they're nice. I think Wanda convinced them to do it. And there's a bit of a conversation that's like, why? Why do you seek me? And it's because I care about our cause. And nothing is said that we could not surmise from this movie. What she does say is that we can't live with them like we do on other worlds. Which, once again, just puts on the point that I guess they do actually live in harmony on other planets. Well, this after this goes on, Doc comes up to Wanda is like, I'm very sad that I murdered a bunch of souls. And yeah. Wanda's like, it's okay. Sometimes things happen for science. Do you want me to teach you how to actually remove souls from humans? But if I do that, you have to do something for me. You'll have to kill me. You'll have to hurt no souls oh, wait, except for me. You'll have to let you'll have to let me die, is what she says. Yes. You'll have to let me die. Why has this happened? Unknowable. It will continue to be unknowable. They do so they do the um the soul extraction thing, and it's weird in many ways. So the premise is you have to coax a soul out of the back of a human's neck. Yeah, this, you can't just yank it out. This is the scene where it starts to portray their natural bodies as not them. And then you, it very explicitly says. You have to treat them with kindness. Yeah. And sh- and what's specifically weird is that Wanderer will constantly refer to this, th- these things as it. He will not say – she will not say her. Like, oh, you have to coax her out. You have to coax it out. So it kind of like separates – I wonder if souls don't have genders. Well – if they just take on the gender of the body that they're in. I know, but, like, if that was the case, still, it is, because they've been using it. it. It, in this film, it has been seen as a sign of um, dehumanization or depersonization. So, if this was written well, and they did want to do it, they, they were genderless, which, I mean, they are cucumber, sea cucumbers made of light. Mm-hmm. Should have been them. Should have been they. Instead of it... It makes it seem so, like, impersonal. Or maybe because they're symbiotic, they're not a soul unless they're in a body. I mean, very clearly, they cannot live not in a body. She does make it clear, like, they cannot survive if they're not either in a spaceship or bonded with something. So it's kind of like if you referred to your own heart as it. Yeah. Um, and this is where the where it varies 
kind of feels like they're trying to do a metaphor because they're like you gotta you you have to coax it you have to coax it out with love and kindness and gentleness and the seeker's soul uh, does actually come out and then she puts in a little tiny spaceship and she explains that she's going to send it to another planet yeah and by the time that it the spaceship arrives on the other planet eons will have passed (laughs) yeah so they don't travel faster than light so um, once the soul is removed, the body awakens, and mm-hmm. it's a woman named Lacey. Yeah, or Lainey, something like that. And Lacey has been screaming inside the head of Seeker for years. Yes, because it seems like Seeker is very much like Wanderer, and the fact that she also could not entirely quell. So she wants to learn how to fight back. She wants to learn how to... So it is sort of... Very poorly said in the scene that most hosts don't fight back. Yeah. But some do. And um, souls don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's, it sucks because it's the main conceit of this movie and, I guess, universe, but it's not well explained or described. This is the problem that you have when you write something that's meant to be the first book in a series, but you don't leave an opening at the end interesting enough to get more books and you don't fully explain things. Well, and, and the problem is the things that they leave unexplained are things I need to know explained right now. Yes, because then that would drive more storyline well, forward. Well, like, and when I mentioned that, you know, we need to know more about how these aliens work is that do they procreate? Because if they don't and they've been on all these planets, are they just going to these planets Bonding with creatures, doing a bunch of stuff, then leaving those creatures because she knows how to remove a. She knows how to remove a um. You know, she a kn- soul. Yeah, but that's because some of them want to go to different bodies. Um, at one point, Seeker explains that they go to planets and they coexist. They don't change them, but they improve them. Yeah, they experience them. They perfect them. And then, do they leave? Like, is that the idea? It doesn't sound like it. Well, it's just, I, just like, because I don't know enough about these aliens, I can't figure out if, like, are, like, <laughs> they they just, they come off as so good. It's it's rough. Well, that's why we needed to see the invasion. Yeah. Uh, then they send the Seeker to space, and then... And for we... some reason, Jared and Ian go with her to the space hub. Which is in the middle of, like, of like Seoul headquarters. And they're just there? They, they drive a truck up right to it. Whatever. Um, also, Wanda stole, like, a ton of pods. Yeah. Because she has a scene where she's talking to Doc, and she's like, yep, I'm absolutely ready to move on. I want to die. I've been alive for a thousand years, and I'm a little tired of taking over other beings' bodies. That's not how she describes it. She says... That she loves everyone here so much, and when she leaves, when she reaches the closest planet, all of your grandchild to be dead. And I cannot go on because I love you people so much. Oh, it's in the next scene that she does that. Yeah. So she explains to Doc that everyone that she loves will be dead. It's a very emotional conversation. Everyone kind of gets involved. But she, in the back she, she brings them to the glow room room so that no one will shout. Well, I was just going to say in the background of that scene, before everyone else gets involved, oh, yeah. um, you can see all of the spaceships. Like, she's stolen a lot of spaceships so that they have the technology to be able to separate yeah, yeah. humans and hosts as they go. So, so they have the glowworm conversation, mm-hmm. and then she has a conversation just with Ian, where he confesses that he's in love with her. 
I can't pretend to understand why, but I can only assume because a lot of time has passed. They've had like a lot of conversations and he's gone to know because otherwise he just thinks Melanie's body is hot. But he very explicitly explains that he does not care what she looks like. Yeah, we'll 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 have to give them that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll give them that. Uh, it's it's unclear. There's a moment there earlier where she's like, if you held the real me in your hand, you would like find me disgusting and crush me, which she had some hold the seeker. So he, mm. you know. And they're, they're pretty. They're they pretty. pretty. They're weird, but they're pretty. And um, then... <sighs> but she has decided. So she is yeah. laying on the bed. And to be fair, everybody is Team Wanda at this point. Even Melanie. Yep. Melanie doesn't want to lose her. Yeah. But this is the scene that I was talking about before, sorry, where she says that she wants to die because she's tired of always taking over someone else's body. I th- I, I don't remember that part. I, the only thing that I remember is her saying that um, she doesn't... That she's... That she, you know, when she goes to the next planet, she will be, you know, all, all all of these friends and people will be will be dead. And she doesn't want to live on with without them, which because I thought it was very funny because it's the opposite of Twilight. <laughs> well, we will agree to disagree for now because I will be proven correct by the next scene. OK, so she goes under and we think it's the end of her life. But it's not. She awakens and she sees Jamie talking to her. And for a second, you think, did it not work? But then she sees Melanie. Yeah, they they uh, they put her they put her in Emily Browning. Yes. So Emily Emily Browning plays a woman named Pet, (laughs) which is horrifying. I I saw that on. And here's the thing. They do not mention that in the movie. I just saw it on the Wikipedia page. Her name is Wanda Pet. So for about a month, they've been trying to separate souls and bodies. Yeah. And when they separated Pet mm. and her um, soul, she never woke up. So her body was dying. So Wanda has not stolen anybody's body, which is a point that is brought up in this scene. Well, I know it's a point that's brought up in this scene, but I think that's more of a, a that's more of a thing that's so that the audience doesn't feel like she has once again just taken over someone else. Like I think that's more for the audience. Anyway. The, so now they all like go out and sit there as Jeb does his monologue. She's now in Emily Browning and she's with uh, Ian. And Melanie and uh, Jared get to kiss in the rain again. But the movie's not quite over yet. Yes, as Jeb says, if uh, so, these the the souls could not live. Apparently, humans are too alien for these souls. And if one of them could live with us, I wonder. I think he's like, I wonder, can we live with them? So we get to see another supply run, and the supply run is going great. It's so cutesy. Everyone's snuggling in the car. It's months later. They have a really nice truck now. They they don't say how long, but months. And unfortunately, the supply run, which seems so cute in their shiny new truck, gets interrupted. Yes. Seekers. Except for from the first point you see them, they they do not act like Seekers. They are in a car, a police car. Like, well, it looks like a police car, which we've never seen before. I was more of. The Seeker has a gun. He has an actual gun and points the gun at them, which is not something the Seekers do. So he asks them to get out of the car, and um, Emily Browning tries to intervene mm-hmm. because she has the eyes. Yeah, and so they find out that it's three humans and one seeker. Yeah, three humans and one seeker. It's, are you their prisoner? No, no, she's their friend. She holds Ian's hand. And there's all these other people saying around with assault rifles and other guns. And uh, he says, huh, 
they're human, like you. And it turns out he too is a soul who's been hanging out with a lot of humans. They've met three other resistance groups over the past several months, and now four with their new friends. Mm -hmm. But their group, this guy who's speaking, is the only one that has a soul involved until now. Yeah. Friendship yeah. is the truest power. And then here's how you know it was supposed to be a, a, a sequel. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine is like the leader of that group. And I love him as an actor. And then, and then he just appears being like, and now I'm also here. And then Radioactive plays. Yeah, and they, they do this weird thing where they go to the crack that Melanie made like in the concrete when she mm-hmm. first fell. But then they zoom out and it's on a planet and I don't get the metaphor. And there's... I don't know, I just wanted to bring that up because it confused me. That is that the only thing that confused you? <laughs> no, this entire thing confused me, but I, sometimes you just have to pick one thing and be like, this is the thing. Speaking of picking one thing, hey, Kevin, did you find a the host moment? No, did you find a the host moment? You go first. You always go first. Did I find a the host moment? <laughs> Don't mess up the way that this works. Did I find a moment? It has to go exactly as I want it to. We're trying to say two prepositions. Is that the term I mean? I don't a, know. the host. Aaron, I don't know. It's really hard to say. <laughs> uh, the host. Uh, the host. Uh, the host. Um, of the host and the host. <laughs> I choose... When Wanda decides, well, no, I choose every moment in this movie where someone decides to prove something by kissing. It happens thrice. (laughs) It's true. There's a lot of moments where they're just like, I will prove to it by kiss. I mean, I accidentally kissed a baby on the lips today and I didn't prove anything. (laughs) Okay. Kissing is not that powerful. It's not. It's not that powerful. You, uh, it really feels like they should have done the whole, like... Uh, humans stand out because of their ability to love, but they don't show the Seekers as unable to love. In fact, if anything, we learned from uh, uh, Wanda, they can love. Or can only Wanda love. (sighs) Aaron, (laughs) no. I'm just saying, (laughs) we haven't seen any other Seekers love. Aaron, there's going to be no more. There's going to be no more of these. We only have this. There's no expanded universe that we could dig stuff from. We only have what they showed us. But there was supposed to be two more. Yeah, well, they didn't get it because they made one movie where where humans were just trash. So is your, your the host moment that it, humans are trash? It almost was going to be the fact that <laughs> that they could not make humans an appealing, like, thing to root for they just repeatedly they they, they didn't because in these alien invasion movies they always do like oh like think of the the, the end is near yeah the thing not the end is near um this uh, is the end no the world's end right. think of the world's end and the world's end ends with them being like yeah we're messy but we love we're not sterilized we love each other but that doesn't get like a thing here <laughs> i feel like jared needed to be like a good 57% more likable for this to work. I think Melanie had to be 100% more likable. Here's the problem. When all we have is Melanie's voice, it's real hard. Well, and the biggest thing we get from Melanie is the point where she says, you should kill Kyle. To like, be fair, Kyle has tried to kill her three times at this point. Yeah, but that should be the human thing, right? It should be like her, like, it should have been Wanda being like, hey, it logically, logically. If he dies, he won't try to kill us. And then uh, 
then Melanie is like, no, you can't just let someone die because, like, as Ian said, do we stop being humans? Anyway, no, that's not my moment. My moment is at the end when they thought those were Seekers, and despite the fact that they absolutely do not act like Seekers. Not nearly enough chrome. No, the peace spray. They only used peace spray. When when the One Seeker picked up a gun, they were horrified that she had a gun. Maybe they're not supposed to be, though. Like, again, maybe it was super poorly done, and the problem was that she killed another soul. I think that's what it was supposed to be. I don't think it was supposed to be about the gun. Well, but Aaron, in the beginning when they were trying to hunt her down in the uh, hotel, they all had peace sprays. That's because they want to steal humans' bodies. Aaron, we literally have never seen a Seeker use a gun. Except for in one case, and it was proven by by another Seeker that that is a bad thing. I think I'm going to watch this movie again. I have it on rental for 48 hours because I know I'm right that Wanda didn't want to steal other people's bodies. <laughs> and you do not agree with me about that. So I'm going to look for another soul holding a gun because... Anyway, <laughs> we're going to head off because uh, we're done with the host. And we're going... We still have some time before Riverdale King comes back. And we have we've decided that we're going to look into another series. A series that only got itself one... One uh, one year of <laughs> like thirteen episodes. Essentially. A series that uh, oddly connects well to the host in a mm. way that we did not plan. Mm, yes, because it is also a series about aliens on Earth. Yes, we found a series called Star Crossed on the CW. So, despite it being a CW TV show, you can get it on CBS All Access. Yeah. So, if you want to follow along with us, that's the only place we've been able to find it. Yeah. So, um, if you have CBS All Access, go for it. And if you want to get it, I'm sure there's a free trial, and then it's only 13 episodes. So, and and and, and if you don't, this this well, this one we might be a little bit more of explaining exactly what's going on because. We'll try. Yeah, yeah. Because we we have no idea what's about. It seems weird. It seems interesting. Only had one season, but let's uh see what it's like. We're hitching our hat to a horse, and, <laughs> and then uh, then eventually everybody will come. We'll be back. But Aaron, so do the things we watch this movie for you. Do some things for us. Hit us up on the social medias. It's podcast moa podcast moa on Instagram, on Twitter, and at gmail dot com. And please reward us for watching the host and me watching it twice because I'm going to figure out this gun thing (laughs) by uh, giving us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) 